so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. Kristen Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Man, I sound tired, don't I? You do. <laughs> it's early. Could be because it's 5.30 in the morning and we are here. It's probably not 5.30 for whoever's listening to this, let's be real. You don't know. You don't know. They could yeah. be starting their day with us just the same. We're not the only early risers. Listen, if you're starting your day with us, why don't you let us know? And by texting us at, ooh, ooh you like, you like, I like how I did that? that? Yeah. yeah. 513. 4204 no. no wait no. 6333 nope nope 513 4620 <laughs> hair up against the microphone it's because my beard is out of control because <laughs> our middle lena she actually decided to steal my shaver guard how do you know it was lena i'm because no one else would have done it that's just the facts so i have a burly man beard i'm no longer i'm no longer um uh what did you used to call me um remember we called joey lumbersexual and we called me what lumbersexual <laughs> Uh, I don't know, Metro. Metro. Oh, metro. oh, oh, okay. Metro. <laughs> You're metrosexual. Okay. You were. Okay. Yes. Since working from home. Yes. You're a little more like free. A little more free and burly. Burly. <laughs> to the point where the other day I I had a super busy day and Jonna turns to me. And guys, this is this is when you know that you just have a real a real marriage. Um <laughs> Jonna turns to me, she points at me, she goes, uh uh-uh, nope, all this right here. It's got to go. She's like, we're done. She's like, I, I did not sign up for this because I, I looked like a straight bum. Well, listen, I mean, his clothes were inside out. He definitely had not showered in a couple of days. His beard was out of control. Out of control. He just still keeps going to cheap haircut places when he used to go to really good haircut. Although Joey did a good job on your hair he, this last yeah. time. Yes, he But did. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I don't know what I, it's doing right now. I don't now. know what's happening Look, I either. have no place to talk. I am as sloppy as could be right now. Anyways, we I don't think they care about this. Yeah, Actually, not. guys, I was reading where I'm in a lot of podcast groups, obviously, because we're podcasters. And I was reading people were saying, hey, what's what are things that make you turn off a podcast? And some people, a lot of people were saying rambling at the beginning. And I was like, ooh. I wouldn't say we ramble. Rambling to me is when you repeat the same thing over and over or you're again. Just about at, least, at least we keep it fresh. People probably care about your beard. I mean, I- I'm, well, listen, I'm sure we're going to get flooded we're with talking, text messages we're t- about it. <laughs> yeah, if they could figure out the number. Right. <laughs> we're talking about, we are talking about communication though, because yeah. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, especially husbands, I wouldn't say ever go to your wife and point them at them and say, yeah, this isn't working. That's probably not going to land. you just prove the double standard. No, it's not a double standard. It's just men and women work differently. You want me to give you tough love. Men are like waffles. Stop. <laughs> Do you actually like have some secret thing somewhere that you're like, hey, Josh, watch this. Every single episode, I'm going to fit in men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. I, it was a perfect opportunity. Oh, you know, I remember now we were supposed to do that. We were supposed to try to fit Josh's name in every single episode. Oh, there you go, Josh. 
that's like three right there. Right there. Okay. So anyways, why don't we get to what we're talking about today? Let's do it. Okay. So we are, well, listen, the question we're trying to answer today is who or what is speaking into your marriage? Yeah. And this is important because, well, marriage is hard. And I know there's people out there actually who think it's not. And that boggles my brain. Actually, can I just tell a story real fast? Go ahead. I doubt they listen. And even if they do, I'm going to say I respectfully disagree with their Facebook post. Um, Somebody I used to work with, she posted on Facebook that if you think marriage is hard, you're not doing it right. And she was dead serious. She's like, we've been married for however many years. And yeah, there's bumps and stuff, but it's not hard if you're with the right person, yada, yada. And I'm just like, no, that's not true. That's like saying, if you think fitness is hard, you're not doing it right. Right. No, that means you are doing it right. <laughs> exactly. I feel like anything because that's hard adaptation is... does not happen without yeah. resistance. Exactly. And so in my mind, when, okay, so first of all, they don't have kids. So that we was can't... pretty insightful for 530 AM. That was me. Chris. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so they don't have kids and they didn't want kids. And so maybe that takes a lot of what makes marriage hard off of your plate. Cause you only have to focus on each other. Yes. However, I think our some of our hardest times were before having kids and that's because we were trying to get to know each other and all yes. that. And I don't know. I just think that's really misleading to tell people. Yes. And I think that that's an example of somebody speaking into other people's marriage that they could be like, wait a second. So does that mean I don't actually love my spouse? And I mean, maybe we shouldn't be together then. It mm. starts to plant those seeds of concern when you see people post stuff like that and you're like, uh, I'm having a hard time over here. We've been in the same house now forever because our job still won't let us come back. And like, this feels hard. So I guess I just don't love them then. Mm. That's a good point. I think, I think sometimes we let people speak into our marriage who frankly, we don't even, it's not like we're even super close to them, but because they, because they speak up about what's happening in their marriage, we see it on social media. Like we always talk about, you know, look, she's probably not going to put up all of the fights that she has in her marriage or all, all of the disagreements or all of the things that upset her about her spouse or vice versa. Because again, we've talked about it several times in social media. We only show you what you want to see. Not us. I don't want to well, know what they want to see. People like seeing our mess. Right. And I just stopped altogether because I was like, well, I don't want to get on here and offend anybody. So, uh, well, that's actually not why I stopped. I was going to say, you um, do not care about that. Let's be real. That is, that is not why I stopped. But I did not want to deal with uh, all, all the Karens coming out and getting mad at me for well, accidentally listen, mentioning just, like he or she or something. You can't say anything without being attacked on the internet nowadays. Like You literally can't say, like, my girl looks cute in her pink shirt and you'll just be attacked for being a bad parent for putting your daughter in pink because that's assumptive right. or something. Like, that's well, just... I mean, you can't do anything. So, anyway, no longer baby, it's baby. Okay, stop. <laughs> okay, stop it. Well, can we just tell them real quick? Uh, again, we're probably trying to come up with some type of a platform for when we get canceled because I mean, it's bound to happen. Well, we believe in traditional marriage, and we love God. So, yeah, we are on the hit list right now of people who apparently Bated speak Nazi Christians. Hate. No, stop. Don't even say that. You're going to get us canceled or just they're They just picked up those words. They don't have the <laughs> algorithms up yet. It's fine. Oh, but they are. They are trying to figure out how to monitor yes. podcasts. And I just want to tell you, if you're for censorship, 
please evaluate your thoughts on that because you may say, oh, well, it's good to keep hate speech down. But is it hate speech or is it just speech you hate? That right. I mean, I mean, right. because at some point, maybe you agree with it right now. But what happens when you don't agree with it and you no longer allowed to speak like our First Amendment right tells us we're allowed to do? I'm just saying. So, yes. Anyways, I'm getting on a soapbox. Let's go back to what we're Get talking down from about. from your soapbox. So here, whether we know it or not, things are people and ideas are being planted in our mind, speaking into our marriage all the time, even if yes. we're not seeking out the information. So one big one is your relationships. What are the relationships that are in your life like? Who are you getting advice from? And what do those relationships say about marriage? And you can say a lot about marriage without saying it based on how they live how they live in their marriage. I mean, yes, definitely. I think that oftentimes we will see well, what do they say? You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with mm-hmm. or the five groups in this case that you spend the most time with. So I think what's interesting about this is, yes, again, there there are so many opportunities for just, just poison to come out of people's mouths because a lot of times people are affirming the decisions that they make in their lives on you whenever, whenever they are speaking to us. If someone has a bad marriage, they're going to bash their marriage to you and tell you like, oh, yeah, you signed up and now you're locked in like I am. Or Well, society does not. The culture we live in today really doesn't appreciate marriage. No. They really don't. Like marriage and kids and the traditional family is not promoted, is not encouraged, and is not spoke of highly anymore, honestly. So even even people who are married, yes, you, they, you don't often hear and if you do hear somebody talking positive positively about their marriage it's almost like that's taboo now it's like ew, like ew, will you just <laughs> corny keep it down <laughs> yeah like why do you always talk about your spouse so a couple of the different relationships are like co-workers and now a lot of people still aren't back in the office at the time of the recording this but there, i think there's there plenty of way. people yeah. who are so think about that when you are at work with coworkers, and i could think of times in the past how are people talking about their spouses because i can for one remember uh people when i was working in the corporate world or when i was even just serving in the <laughs> serving world <laughs> service industry uh people we're more than likely we're talking negatively about their spouses, about what a burden they were, about how annoying they were, about how needy they were. Um, and it was kind of like this bash party more than just like, hey, here's what my spouse is or here's what I'm doing for my spouse this week. And here's how things are going well. Like that was not really a conversation you had. Yeah. Yeah. It happens a lot because I feel like I feel like people use others uh, to to just kind of, I don't know, get their dirt out a little bit mm-hmm. because they can't do it anywhere else. Used to be socially unacceptable to do it on social media, but now that's that. Nothing that's is socially thing. unacceptable, now, right? Except for being a conservative. That's a Christian. thing. <laughs> yes, true. So, yeah, I would say I would say coworkers is definitely a big piece of that puzzle. There's a lot of influence, uh, but we we have to ask ourselves. Um, 
where are those people getting their advice? You know what I mean? Uh, there, there's so many things that could influence us in the wrong direction. There are people who, who are really selfish and then you can dive into their life and figure out like, oh, well, here's, here's where their source of information comes from anyway. You know, they live their own truth or, or they have radical views on this, that, and the other. And that makes it pretty easy to discount information or opinions from people like that, I would say. Yeah, well, it's easy to, so regardless of if you have a good marriage or not, or regardless of if your heart is in the right place and you want to work on your marriage, it's easy if somebody says something that you're, that you resonate with, like very common examples of things that women complain about their husbands. A lot of us have the same complaints. And so it's really easy if somebody's complaining, whether you trust their advice or not to kind of join in and, and and just be sucked. I mean, we're just naturally like that to be sucked into wanting to be like, Oh yeah, my husband does that too. And then ugh, word vomit, you're, you're complaining about your spouse to other people. And it's not, it's not a healthy thing for your marriage. Now, if you have close friends, in my opinion, you can have somebody that you can pour your heart out to and, and maybe let it out for advice and for prayer but who are those people yeah because yeah. not just coworkers we have parents and friends and siblings that either directly or indirectly speak into our marriage so what are you what are they saying if you actually sit down and evaluate what are they saying and is it pro marriage or is it or in, and pro your spouse or is it not mm. well that and i think also coworkers parents friends and siblings tend to speak into not only our marriage, but they indirectly are speaking into just just the decisions we make in general and how and how we live our lives. And it's not bad to hear people out, but we have to ask one one question, and that is, okay, are these people in a place that we want to be in the future? Practically speaking, if you're like, all right, let's just put it out in big bold letters, Chris, Chris and Jana, where where would you get your advice? Well, I think practically speaking from a worldly perspective, I think we would be like, well, I'm not taking advice from anybody who's not where we want to be. Yeah. It's kind of hard to look at somebody's marriage who maybe is maybe they're great people but they don't represent a marriage like like for us, we're going to look at godly marriages. That's most important to us. And so somebody who does not have a godly marriage, we can't take advice from because they don't have the same values and goals for a marriage as we do. And so I will say, though, I think I can combat what we just said a little bit is that that somebody who is divorced might have wisdom of something they learned because of their divorce. So do we want to be in the position they're in as a divorcee? No, but maybe they have some wisdom that they could say, Hey, I wish I would have learned this sooner. But again, for us, we're not going to take that person's advice if they have a worldview rather than a biblical view. Yes. And and you can usually gauge people's intentions. A lot, a, a lot of the time you can gauge people's intentions and understand if they're coming from a place of like, Oh yeah, that, that was a mistake. Trust me. Don't do that. Like I know, I know in particular we've, we've had family, who have literally been like, guys, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Never take anyone in to live with you um, outside of just your immediate family because it will 
completely change the game. It will, it will call, I mean, you, you think it's hard to spend time together when you have kids and stuff, when you have an extra person in the household that kind of has their way of doing things and stuff. It's not always a good idea. So even, even just little tidbits of advice like that, you would think like, Oh no, but we're supposed to, you know, take, take people in and help them and be there for them. And you are, but at the expense of your marriage, I don't know. Well, I think that's more of like adults, right. it's, it, not, adults, not yes. children, but right. even so that would children. still be hard, but yes. Not, yes. Uh, I think that, so I think that's good. I think something, so, okay. Where are they at in their relationship or, or not, I guess. And what are their intentions? I think that was a really important point you brought up yes. what, when we're deciding if it's somebody who we should take advice from, because if they don't have any care about you, or your spouse, or maybe they only care about you and you know they don't have a care for your spouse. True. That's not somebody who wants the best for you ultimately if they can't um if they can't love on your spouse too. You know what I mean? You have to yes. know what, where their heart is and what they're and if they have any stake in it. Because there's a lot of times you see Here's some advice from us. I don't know if you want to be where we're at, but I'm gonna tell you some advice if you'd like to take it. And it's Never speak negatively about your spouse to one of your parents mm-hmm. or siblings because they, I mean, it's just natural. They don't love your spouse the way they love you. And so they will never, they will take what you're saying deeper than how you take it and they will hold it against them. Very true. Subconsciously or not, but. Yeah, very true. Absolutely. And, I think just to go back to the intentions piece, I think oftentimes we'll have parents or close friends or siblings uh, who have been close to us for a really, really long time, uh, and they will give advice based on how it makes them look. So it's like, ooh, you know, um, let's say, let's say I go to, let's say I go to a parent and I'm like, hey, you know. I really, I really want to make more money for our family, and I think I should take this job. But, but this job is something that's going to require me to travel a lot and be away from my family and all this different stuff. So, depending on if I have a parent who's living vicariously through, through me saying like, "Oh man, I wish I'd have made money for my kids, and we wouldn't have struggled and stuff," they are very likely going to be like, "Ooh, and also, how cool would it be if, if my kid was, you know, killing it in sales, and someone could ask me, oh, well, what?" What does your child do? And they're making yada, big yada, money yada, and right? traveling and exactly. Yeah. So totally forgetting about the other piece of the puzzle. How important a relationship is. How important the long term, long term vision of relationships and and in connection with our family is. Uh, then they would probably give advice that was probably pretty poor uh, for the reason of their own special interests as well as just kind of having blinders on. Ooh, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. And I think you see this a ton is that people have struggles with their in-laws a lot. And I think a big root of that problem is that is that one spouse is still still has that parent child connection. You know, we are called to leave our parents and join with our spouse and become one. And I think that a lot of us still stay bonded as adult children and like emphasis on the children and still go to our parents and not that you shouldn't go to your parents for advice, but just understand that I, I'm guessing as parents, they still see us as their children and they want what's best for us, but also what's best for them. Like you, like you just said, so, so they, 
I think it takes a lot of time for them to come on board and love your spouse also, no matter how good your marriage is. And this isn't for everybody. I know plenty of people who have very good relationships with their in-laws, right. but there's still always going to be that tension, especially if you allow that parent to talk negatively about your spouse. Because I know, I I mean, I can't tell you how many times I hear people talking about like their mother, a lot of times it's the daughter and the mother-in-law, the mother-in-law going to the son and saying like, your wife this, and she doesn't do this like I would do it and that kind of stuff. Like, and a lot of times this is just, I'm just going based on what I've seen a lot out of social media and friends and stuff. Um, and a lot of times the husbands don't defend their wife because that's their mom and you know but like right. that's that's toxic for your marriage to allow seeds of negativity even if they seem pretty harmless like somebody like oh i mean chris and jonna that's really not a big deal if the mom says she wouldn't have done it this way or something about the kids but just any you're being inundated all day long with things a lot of things that are anti-marriage depending on what you're allowing in it's true <laughs> yeah Absolutely. Well, some some really good examples of that would be like like we talked about social media. Um, let's say let's say you're listening to what what you feel like is maybe a harmless podcast that I don't know makes you feel uh, maybe it gives you your fix sexually. You know, I I know there are a lot of there are a, a lot of yeah there are a lot of uh, really like provocative podcasts out there that, oh, I see. that have massive amounts of followers and listeners and stuff like that just on like past sex stories yeah you know what I mean which is super inappropriate yeah. but but you may and your parents or your friends or your people may affirm that for you and say yeah yeah no big deal you know you're still staying faithful to your spouse it's okay you know as, as long as your mind's going there and your physical self's not actually going there well i think we have to remember the things that are speaking into our marriage every every ultimate affair and sin and all those things start with a thought mm-hmm. everything starts in our head everything right? everything starts in our head and so and so there's no reason to open up that type of uh, that type of you know sin in our lives that would ultimately affect our future our our relationships with our spouse, our kids, all those things. So yeah, I mean, you got social media, you got podcasts, you have, um, you have any form of entertainment that now I believe is being used as a tool for, Hey, hey, hey just, just, just focus just on bit. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is about you. Like you need what this. What makes you feel good. Right. What do you like? Right. Yeah. And with the, you do you culture and the self-improvement culture, which I know we're technically in the self-improvement category, but it's, there's so many people out there just out to glorify themselves. Be your highest self. Be your best self. Yes, be your best self, but not for you. Right. And that's how we feel. But that's not how that's not how culture feels. And yeah, I mean, what you're consuming on Netflix, you may be like, hey, I don't watch porn, but I do watch, you know, movies that have sex scenes in them. And I, I'm going to argue, and th- this is something that we're newly convicted by in the mm-hmm. more recent times, like, that's not okay. I, I don't believe that's okay. I think you're letting false things into your marriage. Now, I'm not saying don't ever watch like a rom-com or something because it's not real. None of those are realistic romantically. What did, um, there's one pastor that called, it was, they called it like romantic. Uh, what did they call it? Don't know. Something porn. Remember? Remember? Um, Roman- not romantic porn. Cause that would be stupid. R- romantic porn. No. No. It, it was something softcore porn. I don't know. They were just saying like things like "This Is Us" are like they're not fair. They set right. unex unrealistic expectations. Maybe not right. "This Is Us." 
obviously that was not an appropriate show. Whatever. I can't think of the point I'm trying to make. Again, though, just what are you watching? We've did a whole episode on porn and the dangers of that to your marriage. If you're letting that in, you're getting an unrealistic view on sex and mar- and what God has called sex to be like in a marriage. Yeah. Well, let me go back to this point. We just talked about how the you do you culture, like this is about you, blah, blah, blah. blah. But then people could say, but Kristen, John, you say fill your cup, right? Fill your cup because you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. Well, there's no reason to fill your cup if you're not going to pour anything out. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, like there, there are people who dedicate their lives to saying, nope, not going to have kids, not going to get married. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be an actress. I'm, I'm going to go live my dream. And I don't know. I got to think at the end of all that, there's not, probably not a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow as i like to say it you know i think that oftentimes we think we think that if we follow you know our ultimate enlightenment and happiness and all those different things eh, i think we're meant to be in community we're i think we feel our best when we sacrifice mm-hmm. when we when we are um, living for uh, for for other people, uh, not rolling over, but living for other people, filling up our cup with the intention of pouring it out on others. Well, if you're a Christian, I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're called to be last. You're called to be a servant. Mm-hmm. And that's just that just goes back to something we've talked about in the other podcast soon to launch, but the spirit of deception that is, maybe we didn't talk about this. You and I have talked about this, though, a spirit of deception of that to think that anybody could find true fulfillment and happiness just in themselves is such a terrible lie. You can short term, but can you? I don't think you can long term. Well, because I think I think anytime you do something different, you feel good. Well, yeah. Because you feel like you feel like you're you feel like you're trying to accomplish something different and you're and you're proud of yourself for what you're doing and stuff, but everything culminates to we inherently can't really find happiness without growth and contribution growth and contribution to others growth in ourselves to contribute to others i mean there are tons of people like what do they say like you've 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 never seen a hearse um that has a brinks truck following a moving truck or or a brinks truck following it right like no you see family you see family, you see relationships, you see people like money doesn't show up to the funeral. Things don't show up to the funeral. You know, your accomplishments don't show up to the funeral, but the people that you lived your life around and impacted and were impacted by show up to the funeral. And so at the end of the day, I think it's important for us to always unveil that future curtain and ask ourselves like, well, shoot, what are my true motivations? Mm-hmm. It's good. I don't know. Good you know, work, Chris. I, it's, it's, uh, it's just something that's so against today's culture. Everyone's like, yeah, but, yeah, but, but she, you know, I like to do this and she doesn't like to do this or, or no, wait, but, so it just must not but be he, right. he doesn't do this. And so, and so I, I, I don't feel good enough living like this. Mm-hmm. And we've said it in the past, you know, the last selfish decision we should make is to get married. Like, Ultimately, hey, if, I, if I'm getting married, I'm trying to find someone who's going to you know, make us happy together, right? But then once it happens, boom. You die to yourself. That's it. Yes. If you want a fulfilled yeah. marriage. Hey, everybody. Chris and Jonna here. Wanted to tell you real quick about Marriage Helper. Yeah, Marriage Helper is dedicated to restoring 
marriages through proven research-based relationship education. And the coolest thing I think about them is they have a 77% success rate at saving marriages on the brink of divorce. Yeah, and also guys, you know they're legit when they've been featured on the Dave Ramsey Show, the Today Show, Good Morning America, Fox Business, Women's Day, and so much more. They've got courses, they've got coaching programs, and then they've got their flagship event, which is a three-day workshop, which is supposed to be a total game changer for any marriage. They have courses that cover uh, anything for the hurt spouse through an affair, reconciliation in the marriage, deepening sexual intimacy, and I mean, just a ton more. I'm not going to read them all here. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're somebody who has uh, lost hope in your marriage or just feels like it needs uh, a reboot here. Go ahead and check out the link we have for you. Marriagehelper.com forward slash, this is kind of a long one, question mark R-E-F equals G-Y-G-Y-M. So marriagehelper.com forward slash question mark R-E-F equals sign G-Y-G-Y-M. Gotta love that. All right, guys, back to the show. Something just popped in my head. I'm thinking about how culture, how society um, views marriage. And I was just thinking about something random, divorce parties. Have you seen that? That's like a rising Mm -hmm. trend for divorce parties. People actually dressing up, matching shirts like it's a bachelorette party and going out and celebrating divorce. And that's not something that's frowned upon at all. It's like, sweet. That's so, you know, good for you, girl. Like you got yours. You know what I mean? And I think that's sad. Yeah. I think that's sad. I think I was listening to this podcast once and they were talking about when did the breakdown of the family and marriage really start to happen in our culture. And I, gosh, I forget which president they said that they signed a no, no fault divorce. Mm. So now that's just such an easy out. And I think so many people encourage it at the second that marriage gets a little bit tough because it's very commonplace. Now it's not frowned upon as much. I mean, if you're in the church, if you're listening to us and you're a Christian and you're in the church, I hope it's a little more frowned upon because we are, I mean, the Bible's very, very uh, explicit on what it says about divorce and reasons for it. But I don't know. It just kind of makes me sad to think that people don't and are continuing to not value marriage and it's out there. It's in your face. So I'm thinking about just social media that's posted on social media and celebrated. What podcasts are you listening to? What are they saying about marriage? And are they, are they legit? Like I know I was listening to a podcast for a while that I thought they were giving me really good marriage advice. And lo and behold, they were in the process of a divorce. Just call them out. (laughs) No, I know we already have before. I, I just realized I was deceived. Dave and Rachel Hollis. Yeah. They had the Rise podcast. I thought they had this great marriage. She claimed to be a Christian. And so I think I'm getting good advice. And I think this is this actually leads me to my next point. So I think I'm getting a good advice because she says she's a Christian. Although you know somebody's a Christian by their fruits and the things she says and does were a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, much more of the you do you, self-improvement, all about me, culture. Um, and I don't... I, I was deceived because they're making all this money off of people on their podcasts, on their books and on their conferences on having a solid marriage. And then we find out for the last three years, they were in the process of deciding to get a divorce. Yes. And here's the thing about deception. I think 
I think people don't really dive into the root of that word. When you're deceived, you don't know mm-hmm. you're being deceived. Exactly. It's not like you're pretty sure that you are, but you're going with it. Like deception is complete blindness. Complete so, blindness. How do we know then? How do we know how to discern? That's okay. So that's actually a really, really good, a really good segue because I think you have to ask yourself, where is where is the pinnacle of your morals and your moral standard and where are you getting your where are you getting your answers from? Because just just yesterday we we're eating lunch and I turned to Lola, our five year old, because she's she's really smart and I just wanted to see if she knew and I was like, Hey, how do you, you know, do you know where mommy and daddy get our answers to to raise you, to tell you what's right from wrong and stuff? She's like, Well, your parents? And I was like, huh, okay. And I was like, well, where did they get them? She's like, well, probably their parents and so on. And me and John are looking at each other like, who knew? Like, yes, there are some things that are pretty common sense, but but the actual moralistic things, no. I, like, yes, your it, it, it's our parents' job to tell us what's right from wrong, but we have to look at their standard. Like, where where are they getting their standard of of hope and instruction and things? And that is where things come back to the Word of God. Like, we are we we are saying, look, as Christians, this is the truth. This is the truth. We believe this is the truth, the one truth. And everyone's like, oh, don't don't tell me there's one truth, one God, one this, one that. It's like, ask yourself any other any other method, religion, way of living. It all it all culminates to someone's world, someone's human opinion, right? And God's word is different. And it literally addresses everything we need in parenting, in marriage, and how to live our lives humbly and all those things. And so that's where we get it. The actual like written word of God is where our view of marriage comes from. Amen. Because he's the creator. And so who better the, to learn from the, the creator of marriage, the creator of it all. Yeah. So who better to learn from than like he wrote the instruction manual. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So yes, with that, now that I'm in the word more, especially thanks to the church we're at now, who, who our pastor Aaron, he, he speaks from the Bible and he speaks truth. And now that we, Chris and I spend our mornings reading, we really can see now where we were deceived by people we thought were, okay, well, they're Christian, so they must have good advice or they must have similar viewpoints as us. Um, That's not true. And we actually have a whole episode coming up talking about that, but I'm not going to say too much because Chris gets mad when I promise. Do we have an episode coming up? (laughs) About progressive Christianity and and all that. Yeah. So even, I mean, honestly, I haven't listened back because who has time to listen to your own podcast? But I believe probably our first however many episodes, we were still under that that deception of personal development being like the end all be all because that's what we were talking about. Like all you need are these tools and techniques, but that's not all you need. No, and, and and to be clear, it's almost like it's almost like we had a car headed the right direction, but it was on the wrong road. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's not like we would discount every word we said no, 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 from I, the beginning yeah, of our okay. show. Like, look, self awareness is incredibly important, and yeah. understanding that we can only control our own reactions and growing yourself to grow your marriage. You better believe it. Amen. But growing yourself spiritually and being able to humble yourself and depend on on a God who who literally, like Jonathan, has an instruction manual out there for us to say like, hey, 
And who cares? Assisted, and who you can have a relationship with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think that's that's good you said that. Because, yeah, I'm not saying what we talked about was wrong or deceptive. The only thing that would be deceptive is just think that that's all you need yes. are those personal development techniques. Those were good. They're not bad in and of them, themselves. We just yes. about, I think, I don't know if we've talked about this on here before, but about halfway through, or no, probably a quarter of the way through now because we're almost to 100. Almost. Um, <laughs> we kind of got felt like God hit us upside the head. Like, yo, you're talking an awful lot about things you can do in your own human self and not all the things I've done for your marriage and for your relationship and for yourselves individually. So um, you might want to make sure you include that or else you could be leading people the wrong way. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So things have changed. knowing truth if you, I mean, I guess if you're not a Christian, you're probably like, I don't know what you're talking about, but feel free to shoot us a text or email. We're happy to talk to you. Um, if you know truth, you will not be as easily deceived. If you are in the word and if you are praying for guidance on the regular, it's interesting how much your eyes are opened to deception. And um, I'm talking about that from advice. Like You're going to be able to spot advice that isn't godly marriage advice. Yeah. If you have the truth to yes. match it and, next to. And sometimes, to your point, sometimes, because I know someone that's been listening, like, look, I, I really don't have wise counsel to look to. To your point, I think that it's funny because sometimes those, those people can be an example of what not to be. It sucks, but it's true. Practically speaking, you can, number one, look at someone and say, like, oh, I definitely don't want that, you know? And they become an example of what not to be. And then you ask yourself, well, where are they getting their truth? And then you ask yourself where you're wanting to get your truth. And then you're able to pretty clearly see usually the people who are totally backwards from where you want to be don't have a don't don't have a genuine biblical perspective. You know what I mean? Some people, some people could be as fake as you could even imagine. And they are literally like the Bible says like people who are literally wolves in sheep's clothing. You know what I mean? People who like, if you have a parent who's, who's always been Bible bashing you, but you know their actual character and you know, they're a different person at church than they are really like to you and to your family and how they've treated, how they treated you and your siblings and, and your, your mom or dad, like then obviously the people are what has ruined it for you when it comes to a relationship with God. But I always like to say, don't let people who represent God, don't let those people impact your relationship with God. And you thinking like, oh, this is just one big inauthentic joke. Because I think the easiest way to put it is if somebody gets in a car and they fall asleep because they didn't have enough sleep um, or or they're intoxicated in some way and they veer off the road into a ditch. You don't blame the car, right? Or the manufacturer of the car. Yeah, you don't you don't blame the manufacturer of, of of the car or the car itself. It was it was the driver. It was the person who took the information and did what they did with it. Right. If they were in a Toyota, that doesn't mean all Toyotas right. are bad or the creator of Toyota. Can- cancel Toyota. Right. <laughs> right. I think that's such a good point because I do believe that's why so many people end up leaving the faith or doubting the faith or feeling betrayed by the faith because people we are fallen though. I mean, we're broken. Every one of us, even the most righteous and holy of people, Christians, like they still mess up and they're still going to hurt people. And some of them live double lives. Some of them, some of them purposely, you can look back and be like, Oh man, I can't believe 
but some of them live double lives and that affects us because because we put our stock in people you know mm-hmm. what i mean but we shouldn't and not in god right so that to, to answer your question if you do not have counsel so i think it's important to have if you didn't gather this it's important to have people who speak life into your marriage yes. who are pro marriage who encourage you to fight when it's hard encourage who remind you that love is not just a feeling like you're not always going to feel like you love your spouse it's something you have to actually do it's something you actually have to pray for and work on like every single day isn't just roses and hearts and stuff because our hearts are actually very deceptive themselves and if you just divorce or break up or want to quit fighting at the first time you don't feel the love like and you have family or friends encouraging that like i would argue that Mm -hmm. they they don't have your best interest or if you're just on autopilot if, or if you're, if on, you're autopilot. on autopilot and you're like, look, I'm not going to get divorced. That kind of makes things messy with the kids and everything. But I think, I think we'll just kind of cruise through this and yeah, I'm not, I'm not really going to step up in these ways and yeah, we'll just kind of exist and, you know, kind of, kind of play that 21st century. Well, it's just so marriage. easy to just like leave things unsaid and just go through the motions and live your life and just expect like, I just, in a loving way, I want to shake you and be like, you're not just going to wake up one day with a good marriage. You're not just going to wake up one day with the job you want, the money you want, the body you want, like all of it. Kind of back to what we were talking about earlier with marriage being hard and, and everything, honestly, worth doing being hard. But you're not just going to wake up and have it fixed. We have to be proactive about working on things, even if you think things are fine start examining who is speaking into your marriage, what is speaking into your marriage, start examining the way you feel about marriage. Like, what is your view on it? Like, do you see it as sacred and holy and, and the, the importance that God puts it? Or do you just kind of see it as like, Oh yeah, like just kind of a piece of paper. We're legally binded. And you know, we made this decision because yeah, like, we sense. agreed we'd probably love each other. But if we didn't, it's cool. Like, like and, we can always and, get a divorce. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, look, grass is probably green on the other side. I didn't really realize he was like this or she was like this. And yeah, there are there are a lot of things where, like you said, John, the heart becomes deceptive. The only reason people leave a marriage, um, not the only reason, majority of reason that people leave a marriage is because they're like, I'm not getting X, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not getting X. And, and usually they're, they're not looking at what they can do to improve that. But look, I'm not getting X and look, the grass has got to be greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. It absolutely has to be. And that is again, why counsel is really important. We have to have people that we trust that are pro marriage and we can go to and have a good head on their shoulders Mm -hmm. and are where we want to be in the future. And again, to your point with a recap, we have to understand the, the technology and the entertainment that we get and stuff like that also has to speak into our marriage. Yeah. The books, the music, the podcast. Cause if you're already feeling, say you're already feeling lonely in your marriage and you already feel like maybe your spouse isn't giving you what you thought you would have with them or what you feel like you deserve. And then you're watching romantic comedies that oh, aren't yeah. bad. They're not bad in and of themselves, but they're, te- they just continue to feel that fire of like, well, I wish my spouse was super lovey like this and super attentive and super thoughtful and <laughs> would surprise me with these 
trips and like stuff like that. Right. You know? Like all the all the romantic comedies end where the guy like gets in the taxi cab and races to the airport. Right. Like and, why don't they chase and, me down? And catches her, you know, and then like, look, I'm not even gonna take you to the airport. That's just inconvenient. Get get an uber you know what i mean oh like, <laughs> my gosh you are not serious life is just actually so 2013 in real chris life. would have you know said I mean? that oh definitely 2021 but, chris would take right. me to the airport just it's true true but <laughs> it is it is funny because we see the polar opposite extremes mm-hmm. uh and we're like wow like this is hmm you know or you're listening to those podcasts or reading those books or watching those reality shows that they're just like they're not giving you what you want. You do you, mm-hmm. you do you and affirming for you, even as much as things of like, well, affairs, like I, on the man side, I feel like there's a lot of times that men will affirm like, well, if your wife's not giving you what you need, like you need to go out and get yours, mm-hmm. whether it's like actually going and getting it or just justifying things like pornography. Even I would say, even you got to be careful about maybe you're going to therapy and you're like, I'm I'm doing the right thing. I'm I'm letting a mm. trained professional speak into my marriage. But if those if that person doesn't have a biblical worldview, they they might tell you something like, Yeah, go watch porn together. That'll that'll mm-hmm. turn you guys on and get you in the mood. And I just gotta tell you that's so detrimental. That's so toxic yeah. to your marriage. I I mean, yes. I one hundred percent am against that advice yes. well, because of my anything, anything. And take this guys. We, we will boldly say, let us speak into your marriage here. Anything that is about you only and you alone. Remember we're, 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 we are filling up the cup with the intent to pour it out. You know, anything that's about you just filling your cup completely, whether, and you're deceptively thinking it could be like, well, yeah, like pornography makes me feel good or, or I have to get mine. You know, I, we haven't had sex lately because, you know, we have a million kids and things are hard and all that stuff, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to dip into this or, or I'm going to let my mind go to these places and stuff, anything like that. Or I'm going to entertain this conversation right. with somebody of the opposite sex Oh yes, because yes. my husband ignores me. Yes. He's on his video game. He's watching sports. He's always working. Yes. And this guy, he's just a friend. He's just a coworker. We're just talking right. about a project. We're just talking about the right. weather. We're just talking about our kids. And mm-hmm. you let that fester and grow and you justify it because you're not getting the conversation or the attention from your spouse. And it feels good yes. to get attention and conversation from somebody else like these i mean i know we're just spitballing tons of different scenarios at you guys but the whole point is they're selfish that's the whole yeah the whole point is they point back to me right they point back to what can i get out of this you know if he or she doesn't like this like but i need this i i i i i i i instead of we and i think a point i want you to bring up is is and you say this all the time is we were actually Look, under under biblical counsel, under great friends, under under people who who we know have our back and 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 we can trust their intentions, we have now realized we have not made one single big decision that we were not on the same page with. Why? That's a perfect segue because so okay, talking about what if you don't have counsel, you don't feel like you have somebody you can go to, you know, we man's not meant to be alone, right? We were put together in marriage for a reason to I I mean I believe two heads are better than one here. And obviously so does God because he created marriage. Again. Huh? The two. Stop. Is better. Stop. 
Stop. Ooh, it's it's was, morning. Uh, I, my voice. Was I wanted little, to clear my throat for you. Was a little cracky there. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't currently in your life feel like you have godly counsel, you can go to which would be, you know, friends, mentors, older couples who have wisdom for you. Start with the Bible. Start reading your Bible. Start praying, and understanding that if you're going to make a decision, or if you're praying about maybe it's not necessarily a decision, but just something big in your life, you're you're. I mean, I guess it's a decision advice. If you and your spouse are both praying about it and you're not being led to the same answer, say it's a, say it's one has total peace about it. And the other one's just like, feels so uncomfortable Then I'm going to venture to say that you're not, something's blocking your prayer. Maybe it's a selfish prayer. Maybe it's a worldly prayer. Maybe it's uh, something you need to reevaluate what you need to surrender and how you need to pray that prayer. Cause yes. I do not believe that if two people are yoked, two people are married, they're one that the Holy spirit will lead you to different feelings or different answers. I completely agree with you because it's easy for us to, for us to say like, Oh yeah, you're, you're not hearing that or you're not right because look, that attacks my anxiety or that, or that attacks attacks this weakness in me and we couldn't make that decision you know so perfect example short story here that we'll probably expand on in a podcast eventually we just ha- we just haven't done it yet is uh, we we were going through a giving series at church and at at the very end of of just learning all of the biblical reasons behind giving and being generous generosity. And, yeah, and generosity above tithing and all all that stuff um the pastor just asked us to sit there and pray and ask, dang it. Wow. Book just fell and flicked the mic off. Did that cord just you break? Always My have to goodness. Call it all out. You can just it's fine. I don't delete it. The reason I do that is because I don't want to edit it. All right. So <laughs> so we're not editing that. If that hurt your ears, sorry. But anyway, so so we're sitting in the sermon and this pastor is like, Okay, hey, just sit there and and let God speak to you as to, look, should you be generous? Um, should you, should you kind of, what, just be, be generous um, and kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone? Should I start that over? You're just, you're just, yeah, you're just all over the place. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I still don't want to Should you be generous? I lost, should I you lost, I lost my generous. train of thought. I, I lost my train of thought. Okay. Simple enough. Basically, the pastor was just like, okay, look, ask God if he wants you to push out of your comfort zone. Like, it, what does he want from you, basically? And um, after, after the sermon, I turned to Jonna and she, she's like, did you feel or hear something? I was like, yeah, I did. And she's like, yeah, me too. And I was like, okay, you go first. She's <laughs> like, no, you. And I was like, no, 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 you. And she shared with me that she felt like God was leading our family to give a very generous gift to the church. Very generous gift. Like who? A big one. And I was like, like oh, hurt. I heard something totally different. I heard like something way, way, way more chill. Like let's sponsor three or one, one kid per, per kid that we have, which is still, you know, decent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so her gift was a lot bigger, a lot more aggressive. I was like, you couldn't have heard that. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, and then fast forward time. Well, so we no. Well, we agreed that we would right. both pray on yes. it. So I'm like, you're right. That's crazy. And I just want to preface this by, I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh wow, giving series of the church. Like if you aren't familiar, right. like 
that's a whole nother topic, but it was very, it was a very well laid out series about being generous and what generosity means and stuff. So yeah, so we decided to go and pray about it separately. We're like, we'll pray on it. I'm like, you're right. Maybe, maybe that was my own mind just coming up with something ridiculous because it'll make me feel good. So I'm going to pray about it. And you're like, I'm going to pray about it, but you kept pushing it, kind of pushing it off. Cause I'm like, I, I continue to feel that number so hardcore. Like every time I would think about it or pray about it, that number would just, mm-hmm. I would try to negotiate. I'm like, well, what about this number? God, like that's still generous. What about this mm-hmm. number? And I very, very solidly felt this number. So, yeah. So, so it was just a day later. Um, and I had an experience with somebody that just made it so evidently clear. Well, just tell it was so random how oh. it happened. Okay. So I, I had someone come over who, who wanted me to, uh, wanted me to speak at their church on fitness and kind of the the correlation. And I was like, okay, cool. So let's kind of plan this out. And, and we started planning and he was telling me about his past sermon topics. And he he was bringing up the the story about Abraham. And if you're not into the Bible, this is, this is, this is kind of a weird story. Uh, but basically in the Bible, God says, Abraham, you're going to sacrifice your son, which sounds just re- so morbid. ridiculous, morbid, yeah. crazy, right? Um, and Abraham was so committed to God, he got up the next morning, got got everything ready, and was and started traveling to the mountain with his son. Uh, and the point he was trying to make was that when God tells you to do something, like you don't have to think about it, you don't have to like. If no matter what it is, if you, your heart is in the obedient. right place, yeah. yeah. If, if your heart is in the right place and you truly know it's it's the Holy Spirit, um, you do it, you act on it. And I was like, oh man, you know what I mean? Like it hit me like a ton of bricks because I had felt that weight of what John was saying about, hey, let let's give a big gift to the church. Because you kept wanting to say, like, well, let's wait till yeah. Friday. Well, let's wait just wait just for the record, really fast. Abraham yeah. didn't have to sacrifice. He did his not son. sacrifice. God his provided. Son. He was yeah. he was blessed for being so obedient with yeah, the worst that's thing such ever. Such a trippy story when people are like, oh, okay, wow, you serve a God who literally told this dude to go kill his son. Yeah, yeah. no, it's there's just read the story. It's much different than yes. that. Yes, but yeah. So Chris kept saying like. Uh, let's wait till Friday. If you keep hearing it Friday, and this was probably within the first couple of days of the week. And he came down and he was like, I was like, babe, I still feel it. I still feel that's the number. And you're like, all right, well, I basically prayed for a sign if I was supposed to do it or not. That story said, yep, if Abraham can go up to the mountain, I can sacrifice this amount of money if that's what I'd be called to do. Mm-hmm. So we did it and we did it together. And that's a whole big long story. But whole just, big long story. So, you know, this is the only area in the Bible where God says you can test him, which is with giving. It's in Malachi, I think. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, with giving. And basically he says that um, he'll pour out blessings, open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you. And not to get all prosperity, because that, that does not necessarily mean financial blessings. Right. Uh, for us, it meant a lot of different blessings. But I will say that it did, the money did come back to us, plus some. Yes. In the most random it did the most random miraculous ways that we will tell one day. But the whole point in telling that story is just that at the, in the moment, Chris and I weren't on the same page, but there was something, whether it was fear of, I think for you, it was just fear of giving away that kind of money that well, was yeah, blocking was, your prayer life. Yeah, it was, it was the anxiety or the cultural common sense, you know, 
She's like, well, mm-hmm. look, this doesn't make sense. Like, why, why would we literally give away um, a month's worth of expenses? Why, why, why would we do that? Right. And you know what I mean? But when you surrendered that thought and you're like, just, hey, if this is what I'm supposed to be obedient to, you had a piece about it. And I did. We, we were joyful we when were, we hit that button. Like, it felt right. It felt good to know that we were giving generously. Yeah. And it was used well and we were we were taken care of because of it. <laughs> yeah, it it was a miraculous story everything that everything that took place after that guys. Yes, but like Jonna said, the point is even when your own insecurities, your own weaknesses, your own your own anxieties, all of those things uh feel like they start to suppress you and stuff. If you're on the same page with your spouse and you are and you are spiritually yoked, and you are growing together with your focal point on truth, like true, the 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 true word of God, truth. Which I look, this is taboo. I know you guys are like, yeah, that's so messed up, dude. Why would you say there's one God, one this, one that? I know, I know. I apologize. Trust, for that. No, oh no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not apologize. What I'm saying is, we understand as, that if you're not a believer, that yes, that can be an as attack. Christians, feelings. as Christians we are meant to stand up for truth. And it's very important for us to say, like, yes, personal growth, growing, making sure that we are focusing on how we react to situations, all those things, like we said before, is incredibly important. But at the end of the day, we have to have a focal point, a pinnacle to look to and say, like, where are where is our standard and where do we get our answers? Well, if there's no actual truth to to base life off of, then you see a world in complete chaos. And so I believe the further you see this, you know, this country, especially the further you see it get from God, the more it takes God out of things, the more chaotic it's in. You can't have what's in the world. 7.6 billion people Mm -hmm. can't have 7.6 billion all choosing their own truth and think that there's just not going to be war and chaos and just, what's happening right now absolutes are being attacked and you you can't attack absolutes and think that we're going to go on as a culture you know what i mean and so yes that is why we are so adamant about being like look this is the truth this is the one truth and if you think it's not humbly seek and find out for yourself Mm mm-hmm it's good. And and I also want to say if you are a Christian with us, which honestly I assume most people listening would be now because we don't we aren't quiet about our faith. I know back when I was not a Christian, I would not have listened to this because I would have been turned off. And you see yeah. that a lot with people who are against Christianity. There's a lot of hatred. Um, and I think it's because deep down a lot of people do know that what they're doing is not working, but it's hard to submit to authority. But I would say that if you are a Christian, I really want to challenge you. Chris and I want to challenge you to stand up for marriage and stand up for truth and really push back on all these, um, all these agendas that are very obviously anti-God and anti-marriage and anti-nuclear family. family. Yes. Um, Because it, it scares me to know the world our kids are going to grow up in if this movement of everybody can pick what de- what words mean and pick anything they want that is not truth is going to mean for the family. And so yeah. I just want to encourage you to kind of lock arms with us here and stand up for 
for marriage and fight yes. for your marriage. Even if you're having a hard time, like fight for your marriage. Yes. Yes. In, in your daily life, figure out what you can do as a point of action, as a play of action to say like, look, what can I do to not only improve my marriage, but, but show my kids. Yeah, this is the type of marriage you're going to want to have. Or what can we do as a couple to, uh, to influence others and help them through whatever struggles they're going through. Uh, there are so many things we can do. We're just overwhelmed with a lot of our own problems, but mm -hmm. there are so many things we can do to represent and strengthen the culture of marriage today. It's a ripple effect. It's a ripple effect. Our podcast may forever stay at the size it's at, but it can ripple. It can ripple. We don't need a huge, crazy, wildly successful p podcast for us to consider it successful because it's a ripple effect. The voices listening us to, to us right now, if you take these things to heart and then you spread it to your community and then you spread, you know, like it, it's, yeah. it's a ripple effect. And I think that's beautiful. So again, who's speaking into your marriage? What's speaking to your marriage? What are you consuming on the daily basis? And what do those things say about marriage? Are they uplifting? Are they pro-marriage? Are they, or are they pro you do you just get a divorce? If it doesn't work, grass is greener on the other side, really evaluate what and who is speaking into your life. Boom. <laughs> That's what you want to end it on is boom. Boom's good. Boom. Shake the room. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, and just a reminder, if you don't have counsel in your life, start with the Bible, start with prayer, and then find some friends who, who have values and, and things similar to you find We've talked about a whole episode on getting in a community. Like I don't know how life would be so much harder right now for us if we didn't have our church family and our community group. It would be so much harder. And we know that because we've been there where we were really lonely and marriage was really hard because we didn't have these people who were just breathing life into our marriage. So yes, that's my last little bit of advice. There we go. Let's wrap it up. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Please go and share this episode with other married couples. Help us spread a message of truth and pro-marriage. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you didn't get the number earlier when Chris tried to spout it off to you, go ahead and text us at 513-620-4333. Thanks, guys.